What's up, party people? This is Ian Lenhart coming at you from Miami, Florida to let you know that it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And this weekend, I am having my first barbecue at my new house. And I am gleaming ear to ear. And the reason is not just because it's a house and that's cool. It's because I can have a place where I can bring all the most amazing people I've met in Miami together under one roof so that everyone can meet, connect, and network. It is so special when you connect people from two different walks of life. Best friends typically end up becoming friends, right? If you have two different best friends that don't know each other, if they all met each other, there's a good chance that they're gonna become friends. But I also do it because I wanna upgrade my network. I wanna spend time with people that are interesting to me, that I care about, that I wanna build a friendship with. And in order to do that, you have to invite people over, have barbecues, make the first step. You have to take the initiative to actually reach out and reach and connect people. Too many times people are waiting for interesting people to come into your life. The reality is, is you need to push yourself, go outside of your comfort zone, go to networking events, go to new type of situations and be comfortable being alone. Sometimes when you just go into like a restaurant by yourself, it may feel super strange. And obviously at some restaurants, it's more strange than others, but you need to feel comfortable being alone and be able to eventually just strike up a conversation with anyone. It is so rewarding when you're open to meeting new people. And that could be in dating, in life, in every aspect of business. You'll become more successful, you'll meet more influential people, and you'll just meet incredible people. And in, in my opinion, that's one of the most amazing parts about living on this earth. You can experience so much more by meeting great people. Another reason why I do the podcast, I love getting to put my lens under someone else's head and see why they do what they do, right? Way easier than me going through, you know, years and years studying and figuring it all out myself. Do you get what I'm saying? So the message of the day, have a barbecue, make some moves, invite someone over you haven't talked to in a while, and have a damn good day, baby. And I'm really excited about today's episode because on episode 120, I can't believe we've come this far, of the Damn Good Day show, we are featuring Zach Rance. Zach Rance is a TV personality that was featured on the show Big Brother. He blew up, got 400,000 Instagram followers from that, and you know he was the man. And following that, he had a complete transition, which was so interesting to me. I ended up first meeting him just by reaching out on Instagram and we became friends through that process. But afterwards, learning about the story that he talks about on this podcast of how he got into drugs, got into alcohol, had a really hard start after going in that spotlight type of situation. He was then able to completely turn everything around got into life coaching, got into nutrition, now coaches clients all over the world, helping them become better versions of themselves, became a certified nutritionist, and you know is running Ironmans. It's so interesting when you see someone that had a huge high, has that fall, and then comes back even higher. This is a great story for everyone looking for somebody to, to realize that you can transform your life in any way, shape, or form. On this episode, we talk about things such as how to start over both in your life and in your career, the process of becoming a certified life coach, real estate tips and advice, and why more than ever is the best time to build your own personal brand. Without further ado, as always, you can watch this episode on YouTube live, and we're gonna jump into it. Episode 120, let's go. We're live. 
live, Zach Rance. He's in the building, my man. Thank you so much for jumping on today. I know you could be doing a million other things, so I appreciate you coming on the show to spread some knowledge. How's things going, man? Dude, really appreciate it, man. Things are going really well. Thanks for asking. How are you? Good, good. And, and I actually first came across you. I was scrolling through Instagram and uh, the social media bubble just coming in hot, just sucking my soul down the tunnels of the depths of different people. Somehow I came across your whole Instagram. I got this amazing, great vibe, good energy. I had our outreach manager reach out and I was very, very excited to, to hear you back. And I just really like what you're all about. You seem to have a very amazing way of connecting with people. You clearly have a great way of working with social media. You seem much more authentic than a lot of people in the space. You're in a space that's either mocked on or praised on, right? Being mm -hmm. a life coach, right? Like what, what even is that? So we'll get into that. But you've been able to carve that out, have loyal people that follow you, that subscribe to your shows, that watch your, your videos. So I'm really grateful and, and excited to jump into all this with you. Dude, I love that, man. I try to be as transparent as possible. Authenticity and being genuine obviously speaks loud volume. And uh, I've been through the ringer, man. Like, you know, no one's perfect. We all make mistakes. There's a past side of me that I cringe thinking about. And because I was open with that, the mental health journey, struggles and challenges that I experienced and faced at the time, um, it's allowed me to just be a lot more real and grounded. And not only does my audience engage and respond to that better, but it ends up helping me live my life. Right. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words, man. It means a lot. hundred percent. And you mentioned like a past life that you cringe, right? Every amazing athlete and human on this planet has gone through adversity to become amazing, right? It's the whole idea of COVID and everyone's staying inside. We're all appreciative of just being able to go to an event now because we couldn't do it for a year. The whole idea that when you suffer, when you're not suffering, you're more grateful because you're used to suffering. And some of the most beautiful minds are people that have gone through the craziest shifts and they can relate to people because they build that empathy, which you've done a good job on. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey and maybe some of those pivotal steps that you say that you've kind of cringed at who you were, but where you came out on the other side. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. What are the highs without the lows? You know, we're not going to experience happiness if we don't have sadness. We can't experience pleasure if we don't have suffering. So it's, it's important that we don't get too down on ourselves or negative or get into a feedback loop of depression and understand that this too shall pass. But yeah, man, I, I went through a really tough time after being on the reality show Big Brother on CBS and uh, just being thrown into the world with a large following and a lot of attention, a lot of expectations of who people actually thought I was. I tried my best to step into that person that now had 400,000 followers and I tried to step into that reality TV personality when it really wasn't who I was uh, at the core. I was just having a good time on a reality TV show. I exaggerated my personality to get on the show. I exaggerated my personality while I was on the show. Um, I got a great edit and a lot of people did like me. Obviously, I got a millions and millions of votes for a fan favorite. But post Big Brother, after the show, I had a lot of trouble with my self-actualization, like who I actually was because you know this is who i thought i was and this is who i actually was and there was a big gap there was a big gap that i wasn't able to fill at the time uh, and then fast forward to 2016 
where I spent all my money that I made on the reality TV show. I was abusing drugs and alcohol. I was still trying to be something I was not. Uh, just really humbled myself and decided to start from scratch. And you know, I was willing to clean toilets. Honestly, I was willing to be a janitor. I was willing to be, you know, I, whatever I can do to just have more sense of humility and humble myself even further because that's where we make the most growth. Uh, but to answer your question, you know, we all experience anxiety. We all experience depression. We all have struggles with exterior circumstances and interior circumstances, our own mind and having a sense of humility and understanding that growth is a journey. You know, like you mentioned, like there's so many people on Instagram that look like they have everything. They look like they're so happy, but I promise you they're experiencing and going through it too. Human commonality is something that we don't talk a lot about. Like we're all, we can all thrive and we can all die. We're all going to die. So just enjoying the journey, falling in love with the process, working through the bad times and right. uh, trying to vibrate at a higher frequency joy, love, gratitude, appreciation, and mindfulness. It's really interesting that you had that very zero to a hundred lifespan, right? And you can imagine what you went through and then these musicians and music stars are that times like a million. And, but it's nice to be able to go through it at a young age. And I think that it's nice to be able to go through the trials, especially when I think about finance, right? Like I was in a position where I was um, right place, right time involved in a network marketing company and was killing it in college. And a lot of my friends that I met through that were just absolutely raking it in. And um, that went from like zero to a hundred, then a hundred to zero. And it was interesting because when you get a taste of thinking that you're just always going to have money coming in, or you think that everyone just wants to be your friend or just like everything is so much better. Now you stop working, you stop doing the things that got you there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then you come into this giant imposter syndrome situation. Like, am I even legit? Am I even like, do I even deserve any of that? But forced to learn that now versus maybe let's say mid thirties, mid forties, it's a lot better because then you realize like, oh shit, like maybe this wasn't the happiness thing we thought it was, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, as more and more people uh, just figure out this whole life path and try to figure out what makes, I've been thinking about this all the time, you know, the, the whole endless debate on what do I want to do that makes me happy? I just bought a house uh, and I'm really grateful. I'm stoked to live in this house now. I'm like, I love it. It's awesome. But now I'm sitting here like, I need to get a dog. I need to get a cat. You know, I'm like, I need, I need, I need. But it's like, the question is, do I really need any of that? The reality is no. Um, I think I just enjoy hanging out with friends and having a barbecue and enjoying conversation, which is why this podcast is so strong for everyone listening. You understand what we're talking about. When you connect with people, there's something so pure about that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well and said. Then, and then how did you make this transition from going from this giant, you know, personality, right? You went down, you did the drugs and alcohol, you're trying to be that person that you're not. But at the same time, you learn a lot about yourself because you become, you know, transparent with who you are. Yeah. What would you have, I typically ask this question at the very end of every podcast, but it's so relevant now. If you could go back in time and talk to the Zach, maybe three years before he got into the show, what are maybe one or two, three things you could tell yourself now, looking back that you wish you could have told yourself then if you only had like a minute? <laughs> yeah, uh, if I only had a minute. Well, the first thing I want to say is, you know, this transi- 
transition that I went through, I'm still transitioning. We're going to continue to transition until the day we die, right? So I don't want to come on here and for people to think that I have everything all figured out now because I don't. You know, I am a lot further off than I was back then. And I built a successful real estate company, successful life coaching business and all that great stuff. But I'm still transitioning. But if I could go back to myself at 22 years old and give, the, give, the, give him a little advice, I would say, look, focus on personal growth and just be 1% better every single day because, because consistency is what really matters. I would say, look, pick up a fucking book every day. Sit down and meditate every single day. Start eating healthier. Start really focusing on the relationship you have with your thoughts. Because that's the stuff that I'm really in, invested in now and really passionate about right now. And that's what I work with a lot of my clients on is just that mind identification and, and cultivating a better relationship with your thoughts, with that inner voice that inner dialogue inside your head that tells you you're not good enough, that tells you you, you don't look good enough or that you're not going to do this or that you're not going to do that. Um, so I would just tell myself, yo, personal growth, dude. Pick up a nonfiction book by Darren Hardy, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy, Joe Dispenza, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, whoever, and and just be 1% better every single day. It's, it's cool because even just uh, on a micro level, when you think about your business, if you could just do one or two things better than the previous day, you go to bed feeling good, right? Yeah. But I, there's this great quote that the only way to coast is downwards, right? Like if you take your foot off the gas, someone else is going to step in, someone else who is hungrier. If you take a foot off your gas on building your brand, something bad happens. And I think the big difference between these people that are able to build a successful business and are able to continue is that after the honeymoon phase, they keep rocking it. Yeah. And that's the toughest thing, especially as younger people, is to stay focused. Like all yeah. the successful people I talk to, they're just consistent as hell. Like 10 yeah. years of consistency. They do it when no one else wants to do it. And I think that that's something that's really interesting. What are your thoughts on just that? Yeah. I mean, look, consistency is, it's everything. Consistency is everything. I, I'm living proof of it. I've been meditating every day for four years. I've been going to the gym. What's I've your, what's your schedule like? Like what's your daily routine when you're. Yeah. So this week I've been sleeping in, I've been sleeping in this week, but usually I wake up five, five 30. I immediately make my bed. Uh, then I drive to Starbucks. I meditate in my car for like 15 minutes, get into Starbucks, read usually like 25 pages of a book. Then I write 500 words. I've been posting a ton of blogs lately, working on my book. So write like 500 words. And that's like the three things I do in the morning. It's read, write, and meditate. Okay. The reading is for learning. The writing is for my creativity. And then the meditation obviously speaks for itself. Um, and then by like 6.45, it's time to get my training in. Uh, so I got an Ironman. I just completed an Ironman. If you asked me three years ago, would I ever do an Ironman or run a marathon? I would say you're fucking crazy. Now I'm obsessed, right? So 6.45, 7 a.m. I do my training. I'll either do weight training or I'll go for a run, hit the bike and then swim usually like 800 to 1200 yards. Um, and then by nine, nine 30 in the morning, it's, it's work time. Uh, so I have a full roster of clients right now. And I coach my clients every single day afternoons. I mean, I'm still in real estate, dude. I'm still doing a ton of real estate. I got showings at four o'clock right after this. So, you know, I, I show houses usually in the afternoon and then by five ish, I try to check out dinners at five 30. And then usually by like seven ish, the phone's kind of like off. I don't really respond to emails or anything if it's important i'll get to it but uh just spending time with my family or uh just 
enjoying my friends, going yeah. to the beach and just chilling. Maybe I'll go to the gym again because I just love do, do you, out, do you meditate in your car when you do that? I meditate in my car. I meditate in my car. Or I'll meditate. Sometimes I meditate here. Sometimes I meditate outside. You know, you don't really have to be in like a meditation type zone. You know, sometimes just like connecting to your breath. Right. So do you, do you turn like the air conditioner on? So you're not like bacon in there. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, it's funny. I, I have a, I just bought a Tesla. So I've been having a charger. I don't have a charger at home. So I go to this hotel to charge it. They got the chargers right outside for free. Um, so it's perfect. Cause I drive over there, plug my car in, charge my car and meditate. Um, and it's, it's been a pretty good uh, routine for me right now. That's an awesome, awesome perk. Tesla meditation charge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting in the next few weeks. I'm going to be getting uh, an infrared sauna. It's going to be coming in. Uh, do you ever, are you familiar with sauna usage and all that? I am familiar with it. I have not done it, but I know that it has incredible benefits for inflammation, especially. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I had Randy, Randy Gom from infrared health saunas on the show. And uh, I, I've heard a lot about saunas, mostly listening to Joe Rogan and all of his different guests and all the different benefits of, of sauna usage. And it's amazing what it can do for our sleep, what it can do when you put your body into extremes uh, for cellular growth, for neuron growth and all that stuff. So really excited to bake that into the routine. And infrared saunas are cool because you can, it's not most people who don't know saunas, they think of just seven sweaty dudes in, in a room. An infrared sauna can literally have one person uh, uses infrared rays, right? Um, and anyone can get them. So I think more and more, those are going to become so popular just as we become more transparent about health, you know? Absolutely. One thing that I'm really uh, leaning towards is uh, learning more about real estate and all this stuff, obviously purchasing a house. It's interesting that you don't know the process of applying for a mortgage or the intricacies that happen when you actually own a house and what piping actually means and uh, checking the air conditioner and all the different elements of a house until you go and do it right in anything in life you are just naked to it and then you try to figure it out so for everyone figuring out right now the market's absolutely insane you mentioned you're in the real estate world and all that stuff Um, what prompted you to get into real estate and what does that look like today in terms of uh, what you do there good question so what prompted me to get into real estate it was 2016 uh, it was kind of right after my binging of alcohol and drug abuse in Miami. And uh, I was looking for a job and someone I knew reached out to me. They were hiring realtors, real estate associates to show houses and get into sales. And I thought, hey, I would love to get into sales. Real estate seems like a pretty good industry. So it was 2016. I ended up just randomly uh, becoming a realtor at this company. Um, and now it's been five years. I've closed over 200 trans at least 200 transactions, tens of millions in real estate. Um, bought two houses my own, rental properties, sold a house of my own. Um, and now, as far as like my business goes, I work with a lot of renters. I try to work with as many buyers and sellers as I can. Right now, the market is extremely. I don't even know what the right, right word is. There's a supply shock issue right now. Inventory is extremely low. Interest rates are low. Everyone's trying to buy. Everyone's trying to buy. It's pushing up prices. So this, this, it's a tough time right now to be in real estate, to be a realtor, to be a realtor. It's a tough time to be a realtor. But thankfully, I got great clients. I'm staying busy. I'm actually busy as hell right now, which is great. Uh, so it, it, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really... 
trying to transition out of real estate and just do life coaching full time, but you got to get it where you can. And when the phone rings, you fucking answer, right? So <laughs> I'm kind of just juggling both right now. And honestly, dude, I, I mean this and I feel this so much, dude. I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier with the way everything's going, dude. I feel super fucking blessed, man. With life coaching, especially real estate too. It's just, well, there is awesome. no better feeling than closing deals. I got to say just, Oh, it's, it's a good best, feeling. Absolutely. It's a, big, it's a good, it's a good serotonin rush. Yeah. What have you found have been some of the biggest differentiators being in the real estate now for five plus years, like that, uh, a successful realtor that's getting showings, that's closing houses, that's not wasting yeah. their time. Cause that's one of the hardest oh. things in real estate, right? Is dealing yeah. with buyers that aren't serious and right. just want to go, you know, house shop all day. And it's what not only that, Ian, but also like wasting your time doing the wrong things. Like stop spending time building out your Instagram real estate page. Like no one gives, a, no one cares about your Instagram real estate page. Okay. You got to, you got to connect to people. You got to pick up the phone. My biggest client, my best client who's given me the most referrals that I've gotten the most business from is a client that I cold called. And he said no to me three times, but I continued to follow up with him. You know, I wasn't like harassing him to say, look, I know you don't want to speak to me today, but do you mind if I call you in two weeks? And he said, sure. Call me in two weeks. I don't care. Called him in two weeks. Hey, Mr. It's two weeks. How are you? I don't want to talk to you, Zach. Leave me alone. Completely understand. Appreciate you're extremely busy. Can I call you in another two weeks? And I was just diligent, right? But it turned into so much business. So, you know, some people waste their time not only showing buyers that like either aren't ready to go or just want a tour guide around Palm Beach County, but wasting your time knowing what you should do with your time. Should you cold call expired listings? Should you go knock on doors? Should you go chase FISBOs? Should you just write letters to everyone in your neighborhood? I mean, that's a good use of your time. You know, you're not going to get direct business, but real estate is a relationship type sales transaction. It's not transactional like insurance. Like, hey, this is State Farm. You know, do you need cheaper car insurance? You know, real estate is, hey, I want to work with you. I respect your opinion. You know, you're someone that I get along with. You're likable. You're trustworthy, right? All the things that in, that's important in sales. Um, but the, the changes that I've seen, you know, there's, and it's going to be even more so, but companies like Zillow and Redfin, you know, they're just under, they're undercutting the industry. It's like what Amazon's doing to fucking the, the, the malls, dude. It's like the same thing. Zillow, not only are they, you know, taking our information, you know, I have a seller and-, and, and So just to stop real quick. So Zillow and then are these guys, they're mostly aggregators. So they just take information from everywhere and present it or how do they get Correct, their correct. Well, that's how it started, but this is where it's trending now. That's how it started, where they take information. I list a house. They take all the information they put on their website. So now instead of a real, so now instead of a buyer being like, I, like one day you wake up or you just win the lotto. I want to buy a house. I got money. Where do I start? You go to Zillow.com. You don't think to call a realtor. You go to a fucking Zillow. You go to Zillow. And not only does Zillow have all our information, but now Zillow's buying properties, dude. They're a multi-billion dollar tech company. And now they're actually buying the real estate. I, I heard that thing about Blackstone Group. Is that it? And they're just slowly gobbling up. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Blackstone is it's the that's the biggest real estate holding firms in the entire world. And they're just gobbling up this in trillions of dollars of real estate. Well, this is what happens like 2008, you know, when all the mortgage-backed securities and all that kind of just fell fell through, the people that have the cash 
the people that are liquid are going to buy when the market's down. And it, it, it happens with the big banks too. Like with the big banks, you know, there's all these banks. And then once 2008 happened, now there's only a few. There's Chase, Wells Fargo, PNC, you know, which is now SunTrust is even bought by PNC, I'm pretty sure. Like there's only a few players in the game now. So that, that, that's what happens in every industry. Uh, it, it happened in tech, you know, now it's just fucking Apple, you know, or, or Uber and Lyft. Like, so a lot has changed, but, but one thing's not going to change. And that's the amount of dirt on this earth. If you have a piece of property, like you do, Ian, okay, you own a piece of this fucking earth, bro. And we cannot make more of that. There is a finite supply of real estate. You got to be in the game, dude. You got to own real estate. And and I'm not saying you're going to become rich from it. No, but to diversify your portfolio, it's really important. And that's why so many people are jumping at the, at the gun right now with inflation out of fucking control. Interest rates extremely low. It's a good time to buy, but supply is so low, inventory is so low. Things aren't trading. We need a market maker. You know, we need a market maker out here like, kind of bringing the price on that's what appraisals are for right but at the end of the day there's only so much you can do but yeah, uh it's, i know that was kind of a long-winded answer no it's good i just unlocked this level of passion in you i was like let's go man i'm about to about to go knock on some doors after that oh yeah dude yeah go knock on some doors bro <laughs> i'm like why are you here i don't know i'm stoked though <laughs> uh but no it's interesting with the whole idea of diversifying right it, it makes complete sense uh, mostly my investments have been involved in like index funds, right? You know, I'm a Good. big fan of Vanguard, uh, as well as, you know, crypto, like those are like two largest type of things. But the cool thing about real estate is that you it's, it's difficult to just unload it, right? It's also difficult to buy it. So you're forced into types of saving rituals. Now, uh, that's really interesting to me, because just the fast that over time, you're building an asset accidentally almost just for living because you have to pay you know, your, your bills and your rent. That makes a lot of sense to me. I do think that level of diversification that's, is really interesting. It is also very interesting about the people that go down the real estate route. You know, there's always the question is, is what's a better return, right? Eight to 10% on index funds or you know, 5% expected, but maybe higher if you know what you're doing on some of these bigger deals. Always figuring out what to do. Obviously, the best way to do it is just by trial, by error and learning. But working with these clients and seeing some of them, like, there's deals obviously that you come across as a real estate agent that you're like, shit, I would buy this. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. Know? And that's uh -huh. interesting to be in a game that you personally can put your own cards in. I also think it's interesting that you said that you're transitioning into this life coach deal, uh -huh. but if the phone rings, you answer. That's cool because as a realtor, you are building your own business and you are your own name. Your name is the real, your name is the business. That never leaves you even five, 10 years down the line. You sell a house to someone, they might call you in 15 years. You're like, listen, I've been living in Greece, you know, training dogs. Like, I don't do that anymore. But they're like, what do you mean? There's always an opportunity to continuously make money because you built your own brand. I, I've never really even thought about that, but that's amazing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because building your own brand is the number one way to earn freedom, right? Because the other ways are too hard. Building a company is very difficult. The hardest thing about building a company is that if you have 5, 10, 15, 20 people, 100 people relying on you, you can't just have off days or weeks, right? No. You have to be healthy. You have to have a body that works and that shows up and you have to be a creature of repetition. 
Obviously, uh-huh. that happens with building your own business, but there's more leniency when you build your own brand. You can take right. days off when you have financial freedom, when you yeah. build self-revolving machines. Mm-hmm. That's something that has just been heavy on my mind recently. Dude, and especially building a company where you sell an actual like product. Like, could you imagine like your product is a fucking infrared sauna? Like, could you imagine their life? Now, obviously, it's a great business if you scale and you make a ton of money, but so many moving parts and supply chain issues and manufacturer problems and things breaking and customer service. And so not saying that I've ever, I would never get into a product because I've I've started some products myself. I'm not an inventor by any means, but um, you're absolutely right. Building your brand is, it's an intangible, intrinsic type value that, you can't really put a dollar amount on. Like, what is what is my brand worth as life coach Zach? Like, I have clients that pay me X amount of dollars to coach them, okay? But that's not what my brand is worth. You know, my, my to me, my brand is worth $50 million. And I'm going to do whatever I can every single day to protect that brand. You know, I'm going to protect the brand. And how do well, I protect And you the- put your all in because it's you and your brand, right? It's not someone else's company. It's not someone else's thing. But Absolutely. to get your foot in the door doing it is is difficult to start hitting the, the point where you make more money, right? Like yeah. I, I think a lot of issue in direct sales and like network marketing, which is where I got my whole start to entrepreneurship, is a lot of people quit and go full-time too soon before they're making enough money. And next thing you know, five months later, they're sweating bills. But really, if you're going to go full-time, you have to have a year's worth of income minimum saved right. up so that you can go all in and build that that hustle muscle, you know? Absolutely. Well said. The hustle yeah. muscle. The hustle muscle, it. baby. There it, it is. You know, it, it gets easier. To all those people out there that are grinding, you don't see any results. It, it'll get easier. It'll get easier. But look, nothing, nothing great in life is easy. Nothing great in life is easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So just keep grinding at it. But it's so rewarding when you get to even a small milestone. It's just so rewarding, right? And the people that are dead inside, this is my theory, and I think it's not really a theory, but people that are dead inside and soulless and sad and using drugs and alcohol to com- like compensate, whatever, they don't have a passion that's driving them, right? They're not scuba diving. They're not playing badminton, training for tennis, becoming an artist, you know, raising a Bengal tiger in their backyard. They're not doing something that's getting their heart going, getting their excitement going. They, they're they not finding passions. A friend of mine just recently called me and, you know, he has a history of a lot of alcohol abuse. Um, you know, I, I said, listen, man, you're not, you're not an alcoholic. He's like, no, I, I definitely, definitely am an, an alcoholic, right? I used it as a coping measure, but now he's living in a new area and he called me. He's like, Ian, like I, I figured you'd be the great person to call. How do you find like-minded people in X space? He's like in a spot in New York. Like, how do you find people that don't just go and party their face off all the time? And it's like people need to make a conscious effort to go to new places to find the type of people in the tribe that they want to be with. Because once you find like besties and best friends, that's what makes an area feel like home, right? Like I'm starting to uh, build out this Miami culture because I I decided I'm going to settle on Miami. I love it. I just think there's a lot of potential and opportunity. Obviously, it's a crazy party scene too, but I'm not in it anymore. So I'm it's all, all as well. Right. But I'm having this giant barbecue this weekend, inviting like 25, 30 people, Zach, if you want to come, you should drive up to Miami and just trying to get everyone over to all the people I know, just to hang out and, and chill more because that's, 
socialness is what we need as a people, as a culture, right? Like we're all introverts to some extent, but I just think that I've been craving just community. And, and when you're traveling all the time, you're not getting it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. These are just some random thoughts that are going through my head at this moment. Dude, well said. You're killing it. But let's talk about some nutrition stuff. So let's you mentioned in the past that you took an online course regarding turning you into a certified nutritionist, right? So it's like a type of course you go on, you learn it. But you mentioned that a lot of the nutrition learnings is from you just reading books and learning and studying and all these things. Can you tell us about why the the passion for nutrition and does that coincide with like uh, working out and weightlifting and all that stuff? Absolutely. Well, you know, is my my whole life it was you know be healthy now so you can live good later or take care of yourself now so you don't regret it later. But I kind of reversed that and I was like, I want to feel good now. I, I want to feel like I have high energy levels. I want to get quality sleep. I want to have vitality in my heart. I want to just really be flexible. And I started focusing on how I can feel good right now. And it was stop eating the shit, sugary, you know, high carb type food and focus on eating some like whole food, healthy stuff with micronutrients. And I started really feeling good. And then I just doubled down on that, dude. It's, it, 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 there's not a really long explanation to it. I think that I just started to see the results myself when I started to eat more avocados and eggs and salads and different color vegetables instead of eating out every time and eating like sugary snacks. Um, I do Ironmans, right? I run a lot. I work out a lot, obviously. An Ironman is what for people that aren't familiar? Yeah, an Ironman is triathlon. It's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then a 26.2 mile run, which is a marathon. Uh, you just do these, that casually now? Like, what's the deal there? Uh, I mean, like, the actual length of that, no, but um, it took me 16 hours and 18 minutes. It was a whole day. But, I mean, we started at 6.45 in the morning. I didn't finish till 11.15 or so. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like I'm, like, super into it. I, I mean, I am into it. I love it. But I'm not – I don't want anyone here watching thinking I'm, like, you know, fitness Zach. No, no I'm not fitness Zach. I just, like, push myself, right? But, but nutrition is, is really the foundation for high energy levels, quality sleep, and just feeling good inside your body. So that's why I doubled down on it. I said, hey, what, what better way to learn uh, how to eat healthy than teach how to eat healthy? So I decided to go back and get my certification to be a nutritionist. And, uh, but, I, but like you said, I learned a lot more from reading my own books, whether it's Dave Asprey or Dr. Mark Hyman, Deepak Chopra, you know, the big guns. I learn a lot from them on uh, ultra wellness and I feel great. I look great. I feel great. And uh, <laughs> I look great. Hell yeah. Paint. I love that. Yeah. You, you got to ask yourself, do you look great? If you feel good, you look good. It's a whole combination, but it's cool about the certified nutritionist thing because people on the show know this about me. I have a long history of SIBO, like small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, stomach issues and stuff like that. So I've gone through a lot of like shady years of not understanding what was wrong and it really sucked. And a lot of people today have health issues because of the incredible amounts of high fructose corn syrup and terrible sugars that we're consuming every day without even knowing, right? There's in two tablespoons of ketchup, there is so much freaking sugar that we're just not aware of. And a lot of it has to do with our parents raising us a certain way. Who didn't know about all these new studies coming out? So nutrition, uh, we're following trends that the studies are like 10 years behind, right? So 
all of this is happening and more and more people uh, always reach out to me because I, I created a few uh, YouTube videos about how I overcame SIBO. And it's like my you I get so much YouTube people from that and it's great. Uh, people always ask me for advice, advice. And I'm like, listen, I don't do this stuff. I, I'm a, I'm in sales. I have a podcast. I do other stuff. Right. Um, but they're always asking me like, what did you do? Like these doctors don't know what they're talking about. Yada, yada, yada. I always tell people, you have to become the doctor. You have to become your own advocate. If you, if you don't want to sucks, sorry, bro. You feel like shit. And like most people aren't going to give you answers. The only way to do it is to empower yourself to learn why it is that you're doing. Now you'll be able to direct the doctors, point them, and they'll be way better at helping you because you're telling them what to do. It's like, if you don't speak up in this world, nothing gets done. I right. find that fascinating. If you don't vouch for yourself and for your own health and for your own problems, no one's going to care or listen or do anything. You have to be vocal. It's like, if you ask for something 50% of the time, you might get a yes, 50% of the time you might get a no, but nothing's going to happen if you don't ask. Exactly. Exactly. And people in sales know that more than ever. That's why when uh, people in the solar industry, I just love it. I love people in the solar industry. Anyone that's, that's doing door knocking, I think it's the most savage type of way to learn mental fortitude to be able to just walk up to someone's yard, knock and try to sell them something in general. What that teaches you is how to curb your emotions, how to deal with rejection. Rejection is a thing that people are so scared of. It teaches you life skills. It teaches you how to speak to strangers, meet people. All of these things are so exciting, which is why I think everyone at some point or some level, you're already in sales. You should learn about it or just continuously challenge yourself. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, dude. Got to challenge yourself. Put yourself out of your comfort zone every day. What were some of the things on like, just going back to the big brother experience, because that's so like, it's almost so unique, right? To be casted on a show like that. Is there any other type of direction you would like to head with uh, the type of um, life that you live today with incorporating the life coach thing? Like, would you want to create a TV show that Ooh, is, good question. is all about? Uh, no, I'm, I'm very clear on how I want to live my life from, from here moving forward. And a TV show does not really fit into that. It's interesting though, whenever we say that, and this is, I, I would very confidently can say, I, I feel that you're completely sincere in that sense, but everything changes in like six months. People yeah. are like, so how long are you gonna live in this house? I'm like, I don't know, three or four years, you know, maybe then, then rent it out, you know, but who knows in six months, so much can change in six months, you know? Right. Like, exactly. I feel like, like when you look back at who you were three years ago, you're like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like night and day. Your thoughts changed. Like we're older now. It's insane how different we look at the world. Like it's, I try to think about how I saw the world even in high school. And I'm like, I, you know, all these little like daddyums, right? Like where you think about like uh, mowing your own lawn and all this stuff. Once you actually mow your own lawn for the first time, like it hits you, you're like, Shit, like this is what he was talking about all those years. <laughs> you just don't care about different things at different stages of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Priorities change, values change over time. And those value changes are constantly leading us to have to do more self-reflection and learn. And I think more and more, I find people are saying just connection is what makes them happy, right? Because once you get a house, once you get a car, 
and you have food, clothing, and like a MacBook, you have pretty much everything you need for the everything most you need. Epic if you have life. a MacBook and a roof over your head, you have everything you need. You are straight. You know, the yeah. question then becomes, if you still not happy, then it's not likely possessions aren't going to give you more, but the pursuit of achieving will, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. I was speaking with um, another one of my friends who's a top realtor and she was saying the same thing. She's like, Ian, I grew up with nothing and now I'm, you know, earning half a million dollars a year and she's absolutely destroying it. And she's like, I have everything. And like deep down, I still don't feel like that has given me like that much happiness. It's interesting because I think it was the angelist CEO, um, uh, Naval Ravijikant. He said that everyone needs to get rich to find out it's not the answer because you can't tell someone that needs to pay their bills that money's not going to solve their issues, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Random thoughts. Another reason why I love Hispanic culture. This is off the wazoo. I love the Hispanic culture. And a reason why I love Miami is I just think that Hispanic culture in general has a more solid feel on family. Yeah. I think that they're more close. Uh, they need less to be happy and generally speaking, right? Uh, there's just a, a bigger emphasis on family, taking care of your family versus other cultures might be like, put a kid in a room and he gets his own room versus like, no, that kid sleeps with you at night or little type of things. Um, more and more, I find that topic fascinating. So I don't know, what are some topics right now that are just top of mind for you that are just always on your mind? Some topics that are, that are top of mind for me right now. Uh, well, traveling is something I'm really about to start doing. I'm really looking forward to that. And just figuring out what's going on on this earth, man. Like, why does our heart beat? Why is the sky blue? You know, why can't we do things? And just being really curious about everything is a, is a topic that's always on the front of my mind. What is, being a life coach, what is, is there a particular story of someone you've worked with that just came out as being one of the most life-changing moments for you to like be coaching this person and be working with them that just kind of like blew your mind that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, most, all of my clients get great results from working with me and it's not because of me. It's just because the process of having someone to be accountable to and guide you in the right direction to help you co-create an action plan to execute is something that we should all have. Like, I have a life coach. Right. I mean, it's important that all of us have a mentor or someone that we could bounce ideas off of, someone that is going to listen non-judgmentally um, and hold you accountable to, to what you say you're going to commit to. But um, I mean, I, one of my clients I was working with, he was a kid in college, actually, and I started walking through with him the process of being more conscious of our own thoughts, because your thoughts are your thoughts. You are you you are not your thoughts, you're the awareness of your thoughts. And he started identifying his thoughts and his inner voice in his head as this person named Joe. And every time Joe would tell him he can't do something, or every time Joe would tell him he's self-conscious, or every time Joe would tell him that, that he should be scared of something, he would punch Joe in the face. And this was someone who, I, I'm so proud of this kid because this is someone who really was going through it at the time that we crossed paths. He was extremely anxious. I mean, 
he was thinking about jobs 10 years from now and getting fired from a job he didn't even have. I, I was like, dude, how are you thinking about getting fired from a job you literally don't even have? That's a problem. That's a huge problem. So from day one to the 12 weeks later, I mean, he was a completely different person, super proud of him. He's super happy. And um, that was really fulfilling that I was able to make such a profound impact in his life and in a positive way. So um, that's just one of many. I've helped clients lose a ton of weight. I've helped clients um, find jobs and shit. And I, I, I try to go, I mean, I do. I, I over-deliver on all my promises. You know, it, it's a very fulfilling industry to be in. And having clients holds me accountable. And I have now this obligation to be the best version of myself, right? I need to step into the greatest version of me every single day. Uh, because if, I, if I'm not doing that, I'm not serving my clients uh, in the right way. The accountability of that is is amazing. Yeah. Having people that you have to show up for, right? Yeah. I don't think you have to have kids to learn that lesson. You can just become a life coach, but that's another way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? When you, I mean, It's so easy to just make a decision to sleep in and do nothing when you have nothing to like hold accountable for, right? Right. That's why I want to get a dog. I'm like on the fence about it though. You know, there's so much decision. Don't get behind. a dog. Don't get a dog. The idea of getting a dog or getting something that holds you accountable is... <laughs> my dog, you know, it is great to get you up and get you moving and get you seeing the world and doing more of that. Right. right. Uh, all these different things are at our, our disposal. All these different things we can do. We can go become anyone who we want to be. You just saw the Richard Branson deal. Apparently, I guess it costs 400 K if you want to go to the moon, not okay. to the moon, just the space. Right. You saw the thing with Richard Branson, how he just went to space. Oh yeah. yeah. So dope. So you can pay 400 K if you want to go on that experience. And someone asked, would you pay 400K to do it? And I was like, frick, yeah, if yeah. I have 400K to spend, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, 100%. But it's all these different experiences that are constantly guiding us. So as you look forward and as you look towards your career, what would you say to all the people right now that are on the fence? They're like, listen, they might have had a similar past as you. Maybe they're in a transition of trying to figure out who they are, where they want to go you found a way to do it. You know, you've gone from reality TV star to life coach, like very complete uh, alter type of scenarios. And, you know, you're probably not perfect in many situations and you're figuring it out and you stumble forward, right? But you have made the steps, you have set yourself up, you have clients, yeah. you're selling right. homes, you're, you're hustling. What would you say to some of those people that are on the fence about jumping into this for their first time? What would I say jumping in the first time? Well, you gotta jump. You gotta fucking jump. That, that's the first thing I say. You gotta jump. Regardless of what happens, you gotta jump. And humility, I think, is really, really important. Understanding that you're not gonna go from zero to a seven-figure business in 18 months. You know, you'll you'll be lucky if you make 30 grand your first year in real estate. You'll be lucky if you get three clients your first year in life coaching. Um, and understanding that and being okay with that and realizing that you will grow if you put in the work and you do the right things. You wake up early and you take care of yourself and you read and you invest in your education and connect with people on a deeper level and ask the right questions and listen twice as much as you speak. And having that humility is the foundation for growth. But if you're on the fence about it, you just gotta jump. There's no other answer to that, right? There it is making it happen, running Ironmans, 
yeah. living the dream. And you don't have to be perfect. Look, you don't have to be perfect. Like you don't have to do all the right things. We, we all make a ton of mistakes. I mean, just like I've had a lot of trials and tribulations in my career. I know you have as well. I don't know much about you, but I know you have as well. Your podcast, you know, I'm sure had a slow start, just like my podcast had a slow start. It's, it's, you know, people say no to you and some episodes aren't great. And sometimes the audio and the video gets fucked up after the episode and it's trash. And, you know, there's things that happen, right? There's things that happen, but being able to work through those things and understanding that that's part of the process. Gary V was not always a freaking $400 million media mogul. He wasn't. Tony Robbins was not always a seven-figure coach. We all had to start somewhere. I mean, Eckhart Tolle was homeless living on a bench in England or Scotland when he was 40 years old. And he's now sold tens of millions of copies of A New Earth and Power Now and changed my life for sure. So um, enjoying the process, being humble, but most importantly, taking action. You got to jump. You got to jump. Don't look back. And um, you'll, you won't regret jumping. You'll regret not jumping. There it is. Zach, how can the peeps find you if they want to get more Zach Rants in their life? How would you like if, them to contact you? If you want you? more Zach Rants in your life, go to lifecoachzach.com. My podcasts are there. My blogs are there. My YouTube videos are there. My client testimonies are there. Uh, my mental health course, my nutrition course is there. There's a ton of products and services, free stuff for you. Um, and I just want to thank you so much, Ian, for reaching out. You really are adding a lot of conviction to my life when it comes to me doing the right things that someone like you who is focused on personal growth and self-development and doing wonderful things on your podcast is reaching out to me. And I mean this, that that's an honor that you reached out to me out of the blue to do this with you. And I didn't even think twice. I said, yes, immediately. I think I responded back in 30 seconds. Um, and, uh, like I said, I, I love connecting with you too. Send me your address because I'm coming to your barbecue. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, honestly, if, if I could make it, I might, I might come down. Honestly, because I would love to meet you and other people. But You would uh, not regret it. You would meet a plethora of awesome people. But yeah, bro, I, I want to. I really want to thank you so much for having me on today. I wish I could stay longer, but yeah. I got a bunch of houses I got to go sell. Amen. And, uh, well, yeah, awesome. Man. Till next time. And we appreciate you, brother. Dude, Ian, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode. Remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.